All right, welcome back to the podcast. I am Jesse, and on this podcast, we're just, we're just going to do a all Cincinnati sports rundown. Not a lot of things going on in Cincinnati Bengals front and free agency this week. They signed one player, and we'll talk about that shortly. Also, we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Reds. They are one week completed in the 2023 season, and the Reds have a winning record. Let's all take a moment of silence for that because it's not going to last. But let's all take a moment of silence for the Cincinnati Reds being over 500. Okay. Also, we're going to talk about the FC Cincinnati Major League Soccer team. FC is still undefeated. And they're the real deal. And we're going to talk about them because they deserve to be talked about because they're playing some damn good soccer Early on in the season. And also we have some Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball news. As one of the players on the team this past season has entered the transfer portal. And also one of their best scorers has declared for the NBA draft. Unfortunately. So we'll talk about that shortly. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. This week in free agency. One signing. And... It's an outside linebacker. His name is Tarrell Basham, an outside linebacker. He's about 6'4", 260 pounds, six years in the NFL. He is from Ohio University. So Basham is returning home, and he's 29 years old. So far in his NFL career, he has 128 total tackles, 11 sacks, and one interceptions. In his time in the league, he first started out with the Indianapolis Colts from 2017 to 2018. And then he was with the New York Jets from 2018 to 2020. And then in 2021, he was with the Dallas Cowboys. And in this, and in this past season, he was with the Tennessee Titans. Now, I think some of y'all are probably wondering why did the Bengals sign Basham. I believe the Bengals signed him just because of depth, especially in the defensive end room. He's an outside linebacker, but also he can play DE as well. And watching his highlights this past week, he does have a motor. He's very athletic and he does get to the quarterback, but not, a, not as much. But I think the reason why the Bengals just signed him is just simply depth and the more depth you have on this team, the better. So when I saw this signing this week, I was like, oh, okay. Just another depth piece on the team, and I'm okay with it. And if you guys do want to watch highlights of him, just go to YouTube and type in Tarrell Basham. We're ready for the NFL Draft. I am so ready. The NFL Draft is about 20 days from now, April 27th, and... We're still trying to figure out who the Bengals are going to pick with the 28th pick. I've been saying that for the last month on this podcast. The Bengals can go either way. They can go with offensive linemen. They will go probably maybe with a running back. I think the running back is less likely. Most likely, it's either going to be a cornerback or offensive lineman. I think tight ends out of the question, but you just don't know. But I think the Bengals will draft a tight end in this year's NFL draft. It's probably not going to be with their first pick. But we'll see. We're 20 days away. I'm looking forward to it. And I think a lot of you guys are just ready for football. 
And I know you guys are not into baseball. I understand it. But listen, football is 24-7. We just got done with the combine about a month and a half ago. So here we go. The NFL draft is coming. And we'll dive deep into that as we get closer to the draft. All right, switching sports now. Let's talk about our beloved Cincinnati Reds. And like I said in the beginning of the podcast, the Reds are over 500. I know, we're five games into the season, but I don't care. I didn't think the Reds were going to be over 500 at all in the 2023 season. I know, we're very, 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 very new to the season. But, hey, 3-2 and two so far. First series of the week. Of last week, they took two out of three from the Pittsburgh Pirates after losing opening day. I'll take it. And then you talk about the rotation, the top three starters with Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft combined for 25 strikeouts in the series against the Pirates last week. That's good. That's really good. And they're the future. And I'm just looking forward to seeing their growth this season. And I think that's why I'll probably watch Reds games is because of them and then the potential young players that are going to come up like Ella De La Cruz and Matt McClain and etc. That's why I'll continue to watch Reds baseball because I am still a Reds fan, even though I am very, very upset with the organization, as you guys have probably noticed in previous podcasts as I've yelled out my frustration on the Reds organization, it's not about the players. And I think I have come to the realization it's never been the players. It's always been about the Castellinis. And screw them to this day. I don't like them. So I'll, can, I'll watch the games. And I don't care if they win. If they win, it's great. If they lose, I don't care. I, I just want to see the development of the young players. The question is, is what the Reds are going to do with those young players and how they're going to develop them. Because you know how the Reds do when they have a prospect that is really good at up and coming. And then they just keep them down in Louisville for about like 15 years. Example, Tyler Stevenson. So we'll see with that. I, I, I have no hope. I'm not really optimistic on that, but we shall see. All right, so after the Pirates series, the Chicago Cubs came into Great American Ballpark this past week. The Reds won the opener 7-6 on Monday. That was a really good game. And then on Tuesday, the Reds had a 3-2 lead heading the seventh inning, and then the bullpen shit the bed. Before that, the bullpen for the Reds the first four games of the season was outstanding. And then against the Cubs in the seventh inning on Tuesday... Mm, the bullpen went to what we kind of envisioned what this bullpen is going to be in 2023, unfortunately. As the Cubs scored, I believe, like seven runs in that inning, and they won the game 11-5. And then for the series finale on Wednesday, it got rained out, and it's going to be rescheduled on September 1st. And the Reds are now in Philadelphia. And the Phillies were supposed to have the opening day on Thursday. It got rained out. So that game is going to be moved to Friday. Originally, Friday was supposed to be a day off because the Phillies had opening day on Thursday. Day off Friday. So with the game on Thursday being rained out, they're going to move the game to 
today as I record this podcast. So Reds and Phillies in Philadelphia will be at 3.05 today and then Saturday 4.05 and then Sunday 1.05. And then the Reds will hit to Atlanta to take on the Braves for three games, all night games at 7.20. And then next weekend, the Phillies will come to Great American Ballpark for a four-game series. And then the Reds will host, after the Phillies, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are still undefeated in this new young Major League Baseball season at 6-0. So the Reds have a tough schedule coming up. I know the Phillies are 1-4 to begin the year, but it's early, and they still have a good team, and the Reds are facing Nick Cassianos, former Reds, still miss him to this day. Ugh, Reds really screwed that up. So far, five games in the season, what have been my biggest surprise, other than the Reds are over 500? Jason Fossler. Yeah, the only thing you guys know who this guy is, I didn't either. I mean, I looked at the opening day lineup last Thursday. I'm like, Bossler? Because Joey Votto is still recovering from his, I believe it was his shoulder surgery he had. And he is rehabbing in Louisville. So Joey Votto might return to the team in about a week. So in red standards, probably in the next three months. But Jason Bossler has been playing first base. And... His first two at-bats in the opening day on Thursday was really bad. And I was like, why is this guy on this team? He previously played for the San Francisco Giants. He barely made the Major League squad for this team. And I'm like, all right, this guy has just, just been plugging the roster just because they needed to fill it out. And first two at-bats, terrible. And then in the fifth inning, he hits a two-run triple. Go figure. And then after that, he goes on a tear where he hits three straight home runs, right? He's pretty much what Derek Dietrich was in 2018 for the Reds. Or you can say he was Brandon Jury for the Reds in the first half last year. Or you can say he is Max Schrock. None of y'all probably know any of those names unless you're a huge Reds fans like my little brother, okay? But Jason Vossler has been the biggest surprise so far in this young season. I really like what Jonathan India is doing. He looked like his 2021 Rookie of the Year self so far. I mean, has he got hit by a pitch yet this season? Knock on wood, he doesn't get hit a lot this season because this man has been on base a lot in his career. But majority of the time is because he gets hit by a pitch. So, so far he hasn't. I really hope I don't jinx that because if he gets hit by a pitch and he gets hurt in his back or wrist... I will definitely take the blame for that. <laughs> I don't want to be labeled as a jinx. Let's see. Anything else that surprised me from the Reds so far this season? Shit, we're only five games in the year. But, you know, they're playing hard. Like, I these players are trying. And, yes, the, the field on the product is not the best, okay? We all know that. But at least the players are trying. And as a fan, that's all I want. And I know the Reds have lost a ton of fans over the last two seasons. I'm still a fan, but I'm also very upset with what this organization has done to this proud baseball franchise. And I will always continue to support the Cincinnati Reds. But... 
they got the, that that organization needs to get a grip. They really do. And with the prospect that is coming up down the farm system, you really need to not fuck that up. You really you can't do that. You really can't. If you do, you're gonna lose more and more and more fans, and your attendance level, ooh, it's gonna continue to drop. Cause last season the Reds' attendance was terrible. God knows what's gonna happen this season, because now with FC Cincinnati being really good, and a lot of people are gonna go to TQL Stadium during the summertime, and also a lot of people are not gonna waste their money to go down to Great American Broad Park because. The organizations do not care about winning. And a lot of people do have Bengals season tickets. And with training camp being in July, a lot of people are going to attend those more than attending a Reds game at 110 on a Saturday or 110 on a Sunday. That's just the facts. So I really, really hope that this franchise gets better. Just show, just show, show some improvement. Show that you care, Castellinis, which I know you don't. But come on, you're gonna lose a lot of fans in the city. It was a baseball town. Now it's a football town with the Bengals, and now with FC rising, ugh, it's gonna be Bengals, FC Cincinnati, and then the Reds are gonna be number three. Yikes. So I just hope baseball make baseball great again, right? I I really hope so in Cincinnati. I really, really do. So that's the Reds update, and we'll see how they do in their first road trip of the season. I don't really expect much. I just want to see just the development of the young players. That's all I really care about. So I will keep you updated on the Reds periodically during the podcast, you know, Probably won't be week by week, but I will I will put in a Reds update just so you know where they're at. And yeah. Hey, they're three and two. Okay? They're over five hundred. So let's all rejoice, right? On this good Friday that the Reds are over five hundred. That could all change in the next like two weeks. <laughs> Alright. Off to another sport. Let's talk about football. Not football, football. We're talking about football. Soccer. Yes, FC Cincinnati is still undefeated in the young season. We are six games, I'm sorry, we're five games in the season. And FC is 3-0-1. Only one tie. First game, they beat the Seattle Sounders 1-0. And then they beat, no, they tie against the Chicago Fire. And then they won a huge game in Nashville, 1-0. And then... Last weekend at home, they defeated Inter-Miami 1-0. And then on Saturday, FC takes on the Philadelphia Union, the defending MLS champions. FC played the Union really well in the second round of the MLS playoffs last year, losing 1-0. FC had so many chances to put the ball in the net, but, but the Union goalie was Unreal. He is the best goalie in MLS. So I'm looking forward to watching that game on Saturday at the 7.30 p.m. What do you call it? <sighs> match? I was going to say a kickoff, but that's football. So yeah, 7.30 p.m. match at TQL Stadium. 
Should be a nice night out. 63 degrees on Saturday with some sunshine. And I can guarantee you that TQL will be packed. So FC, FC Cincinnati is on the rise. And those crowds are going to be packed this summer down there. So if you haven't gone to a game, you should go. It's a great experience. Their fan section, the Bailey, they're a little bit wild, but they have some nice chants. But they really do support their team through thick and thin. They're they're a wild bunch, to say the least, but they're very loyal, like I said. So good for FC, and I just hope they continue to play well. And, yeah, just good vibes and more continued success for that franchise because the turnaround they have made over the past year has been remarkable. So good for them. All right, Bearcats basketball men's update. So last week, the Bearcats made news that Odio Guama, their forward, is returning back to the team. Now, I did say in the podcast about two weeks ago that there are certain players on the team that should not be on the team when the Bearcats make the transition into the Big 12 Conference this fall. And Odio Guama was one of them. But then I realized, okay, he's not the worst. If he would have left, I would have not been upset. But him coming back made it all the sense in the world that the Bearcats were going to let go of Jeremiah Davenport. And on Thursday, Jeremiah Davenport announced that he is in, that he's entering the transfer portal. The Mola product, the Cincy born native. I love Jeremiah Davenport for what he has done for the program. And he has stuck through this program through thick and thin, through the bad days. And he could have left. He could have easily left when John Brandon left and they were in a new transition of head coaches. But he stick with Cincinnati because he he believed and he trusted in the process. And that's what I love about Davenport, his heart. He, like I said, he played in Moeller. He wanted to be a Bearcat. That was his dream. He made his dream happen. And unfortunately, you know, with going to a new conference and the Bearcats trying to get good players to fit the role of the Big 12 Conference, it wasn't going to be it for Jeremiah Davenport, unfortunately. And in his last season as a Bearcat, he averaged 9.1 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, and one and a half assists. He was starting in the beginning of the season, and then Odio Guamo got better throughout the season. So he took JD's spot, and JD was coming off the bench. So that was pretty much the news that, okay, his time in Cincinnati was pretty much done. So appreciate Davenport. He's an 1,000-point scorer in Cincinnati. Only 56 players have done that. So that's a big deal, and he should be very proud of that. We'll see what he does with his, with his extra year of eligibility. And I wish him the best, like I said. Also, the Bearcats potentially are going to lose Landers Nolly. He declared for the NBA draft last week. But he still put out there that he is he, he he can't come back to Cincinnati. He can. So if he does all the draft stuff, the pre-draft stuff, and if he gets an opinion from somebody saying that, okay, you need to work on this and this, he can come back to Cincinnati for his senior season. So there's still hope that Landers Nolly can come back. But as of now... There's two roster spots for the Bearcats to fill. 
And they can do that through the transfer portal. And the Bearcats better take advantage of the transfer portal. Meaning, you better get some guys that can score and also get another big man or two. Please. So we'll see. The transfer portal is about like 1,500 college kids. I hope Wes Miller and his staff utilize that to the full extent. (laughs) They better. Let's see. Also, Bearcats football is having their spring game next Saturday. That's April 15th at noon at Nippert Stadium. So if you want to see head coach Scott Satterfield and his team go out to the spring game at Nippert Stadium, always a good time. It's free. I believe parking down there in Clifton is about five bucks for the spring game. So hopefully it should be nice weather as the weather is Trending at the right direction, but you know how our weather is very inconsistent. So get down to Nipper Stadium next Saturday for the Bearcats football spring game. All right, guys, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much your all Cincinnati sports roundtable update. I will be a little bit. I can't even talk. <laughs> I will be back with you guys next week and we might do another update like this and then We'll start talking about the NFL draft because, like I said earlier, we're only 20 days away from that. And I'm looking forward to just giving you guys information about the Bengals draft and etc. And who do I think the Bengals are going to draft? Probably rounds one through seven. I could do a podcast of that before the NFL draft. You guys have a great weekend and I will talk to you guys next week. Peace.